Welcome to Especially Organized, Sensible Solutions for Special Needs Moms, the podcast for all those busy moms out there who, like me, take care of kids who have a little something extra, and in the midst of all that extra, want to lead a more organized and present life. Whether your child has medical complexities, an intellectual disability, or neurodiversity, I am here for you. My name is Angela O'Brien, and I'm the parent of a 19-year-old daughter with Down syndrome. I know what it's like to have too much overwhelm and too little time when you're trying to manage all the pressures and responsibilities that come with a special needs child. Using my experience and skills as a professional organizer, each week I will bring information and encouragement to help you move through your clutter and reclaim what you deserve. So let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. I am your host, Angela, and as always, I am so glad you're here. I know that the last couple episodes, I've brought you some experts in the world of organizing who also happen to have some special needs kids, and today is no exception. I am very excited to bring you my new friend, Laura Hernandez. She is the creator of Mama Systems. She actually happens to live here in Dallas, which I'm super excited about because that means one of these days we're going to get a chance to meet in person. But we've talked on the phone a couple of times and I am super excited to share this conversation that we had. She had reached out to me when she learned I was doing this podcast and I was like, oh, this is such a good fit because she, like I said, is the creator of Mama Systems. She is a mom of 10 kids, and you heard me say that right, 10 kids. She lives here in Dallas. She, let's see, in 2014, she was living in Seattle, and she had five biological children. She came back to Texas and adopted three kids who she later found out had special needs. They actually all have fetal alcohol spectrum disorder, which I was not aware of. And so she goes into helping us understand because not a lot of people are aware of this. So she educates us and I'm so grateful for that. But she also shares her journey of adopting out of foster care, these three precious kiddos, and then also having two more biological kids of her own. At one time, a few years ago, she had five kids under four, all in diapers, and she felt like she was just surviving. She just wanted to get through the day, get them all in their cribs so that she could take a breath. And she realized that was not how she wanted to be living, right? No one wants to live like that in survival mode. And so she started doing a lot of research. She didn't find a lot of resources out there for families like hers. And so she created her own. She developed her own system, her own routines, and her own process for helping to find some peace and calm in her family. And now she has developed quite a few products in the form of coaching and courses that help other families, especially unique families like hers, really capture that calm and that peace that we're all striving for, especially so that we can enjoy our kiddos more. We can have more time with them, more quality, devoted time with them without feeling 
so stressed. So I hope that you will check out her website, mamasystems.com. She actually, among all of the courses that she offers, she has one specifically for special needs moms, which I love. And in the course, she helps us create customized systems. She helps us find support services. And I'll be honest, I even need that right now. She helps us get our medical needs in order for our kiddos. And she helps schedule time for ourselves. So I hope that you will check her out listen to this episode, even if you don't have 10 kids (laughs) like she does. I found it so helpful to listen to her. I learned so much and I hope that you all do too. In the meantime, if you like this show, if you're enjoying it, please send a five-star review if you can and follow the show. That just helps other listeners find the podcast, which I really that's what I really want for this show. I want people to find it and I hope that people get some good information from listening. So thank you so much and I hope you all enjoy the show. Welcome, Laura. I am so happy to have you on. We had to reschedule this a couple times, so I'm very happy that we are together today. So thank you for coming on the show. Um, thanks so much for having me. And I'm really glad that you're doing well and that we're able to do this. Yes, yes, yes. All right. So I've told the listeners a little bit about you, but I would love for you to share in your own words a little bit about you and your extraordinary family. Yeah, it's extraordinary. So we <laughs> we have 10 kiddos and um, within a six month period, we went from four kids to eight kids. We had moved across the country after our fifth biological was born to adopt a sibling group of three. And so as you can imagine, that six months was really a lot of just transition and change. And then, you know, for the year after that, it was just very stressful and it's definitely living in survival mode. Like however you think raising five children, ages four and under, all in diapers, all in cribs would be, that's kind of how I felt all the time. Oh my gosh. It's just, um, <laughs> my cells start start to vibrate no. when you say that. I'm like, whoa. I don't think it felt that way at the time. I think that's the joy of survival mode, right? Is that yeah, yeah, you, you just like adrenaline and you just go, right? You right. just do it. You're just in it. But looking back, I'm like, that was absolutely crazy. I don't know what we were thinking. And what we did not know was that our three that we had adopted also had special needs. And so we were just living day to day. I remember standing my back up against the wall thinking, like, if I can just make it to bedtime, like, that's my goal. They'll be safe in their cribs. They can't get out. They can't escape. <laughs> we're good. So that was my goal every day is just to make it to bedtime. And I realized, you know, we can't really live this way for a long period of time. This is not no, sustainable. It's not intentional with my people. And I want to have time and space to enjoy them. And that just wasn't the case. And so um, I looked for systems for our home and for our family, but nothing seemed to fit our family. We had some homeschool, some in public school, therapists in and out of our home all day, caseworkers in and out of our home all day, like just it was kind of a nut house and there were so many little people that it was just so much. And so I was, I was like, Oh my goodness. Well, I've got to create my own because nobody else has ever walked this road before. I'm sure there's people out there, but they didn't write a book on it, which is not very helpful. Um, so I like to think of this as kind of like just dumping out all the pieces. I just dumped the pieces out on the table. I was like, okay, what's going to work for us? What do I know needs to happen? Like creating that framework. Right. And then what do I want to prioritize in our family and what, do I want to not prioritize and get rid of it, our family? Mm-hmm. And so 
that whole process led me to creating some systems for our home that worked for our people and for myself. And on the flip end of that, getting to a space of peace and calm in our home with, we've since added two more kids and have two more kids now, but peace and calm in the home with 10 kids and being able to put my feet up at the end of the day with a pretty picked up house and, you know, having a glass of wine, kids are all bathed in their pajamas. Like it feels magical. Like it feels like I hit something amazing. And so I realized it's not necessarily the systems. Like, it's not like I could hand you the system and it would work for you, but it's that process that we walk through. And so now I get to do that with other moms too. I started a business called Mama Systems and I get to help moms create systems that work for them with their personality type with their kids, their homes, their schedules, like everything that's unique about them and their family. I get to help them do that. So that's what I I love that. And, And I love what you said about you can you you can't really hand over the system and expect it to work for every family because every family is so different right and every home is different and every space is different and we have to we have to figure those out for ourselves but if we could have the support and the like a process to follow right that would be so helpful for people yes i just love that you've done that for yourself and that you've created such an awesome environment for all of your kids it's just awesome it's just awesome yeah. I love it for myself too, because I, I don't think that I could make it through, <laughs> could make it through the day without it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you shouldn't be just wanting to make it through the day, right? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's not how anyone wants to, wants to live. Yeah. So, and so before we get any further, I would love for you to share with our listeners a little bit more about fetal alcohol spectrum disorder, because Although I'd heard of it, I was not really familiar with it when we first started talking. And so I'm guessing that my my listeners aren't either. So I would love for you to share more about it. Yeah, so it is, I mean, it's a lovely invisible disability that most people have no idea about, including doctors. Like they may know about FAS, which is fetal alcohol syndrome. And that's where the facial features and all of that. But only 8% of people who have a fetal alcohol spectrum disorder have the facial features. Oh, interesting. Okay. Very small percentage. So oftentimes families will take their kids in to get diagnosis because they think this is what's going on. And the doctor's like, well, they don't have the facial features. So I guess that's not it. And you're like, "Hmm." I think those doctors all have accents apparently. Um, so yeah, they don't know anything, but the truth is that one in 20 kids, like one in 20. So this is two and a half times more common than autism have some form of fetal alcohol spectrum disorders. Wow. Oh my God. And and they're not a a good majority, like 70% of kids in foster care have some form of FASD, but we're not trained in it. Like you go through foster care training, they may say a little something about drugs and alcohol and, you know, you could have a crack baby and you could whatever, but they don't talk about how alcohol does way more damage than any other drug. It's effects are long lasting, like forever and ever it's brain damage. And so these kids that you're taking on may be with you for the rest of your life. It's not like, like they talk about paying for college and all these things, like all these perks, right. And like, yeah, they're not going to college <laughs> be with us for forever. And like, I, part of me is like, I just, and not that I feel gypped, like I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that these people are supposed to be with us and obviously love them dearly and, and they're wonderful. However, there's a part of me that's like, they, there should have been some warning. They should have educated us on this because they didn't. And, you know, they say a lot of things like, well, after they're in your home and they feel safe, they'll start to catch up. 
you'll see an improvement. Their delays that you see originally are gonna, you know, they're gonna be normal after that. So anyway, all of those things are so frustrating because it's like I I kept thinking, like, why aren't they catching up? What's what am I doing wrong? What what parenting method am I not doing right? Like I'm doing all of the things that they told us to, and these guys aren't catching up. And so it, it was a long road to figure out that that was what was going on. So originally, I'm probably mom would still deny it, but I found paperwork about drinking. So mom had said like, I never used drugs. I never drank during pregnancy. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I just very naively believed her, right? Because I don't know. I don't know why, but <laughs> doing more research and seeing our kids and like all of their things. I'm like, oh my goodness. Yes, that's what's going on. And kind of the, like what you would see is a lot of behavior stuff, um, right. a lot of dismaturity. Um, it's often has comorbidities such as autism, ADHD, oppositional defiance disorder, um, bipolar, schizophrenia, just many, many, many other things, right? And kids are often misdiagnosed or they get all these other diagnoses. So you'll see kids with like 15 different diagnoses, but really they have an FASD, which you know, you have these comorbidities with. And so until we kind of get to the root of the problem, it's harder to treat it. And there's some things that you wouldn't want to do for a kid with FASD, like ADHD. You wouldn't want to give them a stimulant because that makes them more aggressive, right? And so having little things like that, you need to know about those things if you're treating a kid. And um, there's just a huge lack of education and a lack of knowledge and a lack of support. So Wow. Oh my gosh. I, Sorry, this I has just been, no, this has been such a good learning experience for me because I just was not aware of all of those things and how real quickly, how were you able to finally diagnose it and figure it out for the, for your kids? Um, a big piece of diagnosis is having some form of documentation, right? Because without alcohol, there's no, there's no FASD. Mm -hmm. And so we found previous paperwork from different things. Yeah. And that showed that. And so we had to go, there's no clinic in Texas, which is absurd. We had to travel to California to see a doctor there. And he, he was amazing. So Dr. Kenneth Jones is like world, not world. He's what, what is, what is this nation? What do you call that? Nationally, nationally <laughs> known. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm like, last night I feel like I'm rich. <laughs> with my words. He's nationally known. Mm -hmm. Um, is like one of the experts because there's not many experts in the U.S., which is also a little ridiculous. So we went to see him and he gave us a diagnosis and we were, were able to get some supports and stuff like that. But the majority of it has come just from advocating for my kids myself, like having to educate teachers and doctors and, and social workers and like all the people. And so it, it just can kind of be exhausting as a mama. So if you know of a mama who as an adoptive or special needs, adoptive and special needs child. And you're kind of thinking, oh, that might be that kid. Love on her a lot. Yeah. 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 I think, I think getting that diagnosis, right. I mean, it's different than with Down syndrome. It's, you know, the day she was born, it's like, oh, everybody in the, everybody in the delivery room, but me knew that she had Down syndrome immediately. Right. So, you know, we got the diagnosis really quick, but when you are searching for answers and you're trying to find solutions and you're contacting doctors and all these, it's like, you are, you're just, 
using those advocate muscles so strongly that you're it's exhausting right and then you get the diagnosis and it's like okay now the journey begins right so yeah 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 i i i feel for you on that journey and i'm so glad that you've been able to do all that you have and now that you're sharing it right so that others don't have as difficult a journey to figure all that out that's it's really awesome of you okay well i want you to share um you mentioned in our last conversation about the importance of moms trying to find like routines and rhythms and i just i really love that because i think that's so helpful for not only us but for our kids especially those with special needs so how were you able to find yours like and and could you give us just a couple examples a little bit yeah so i i think that you know, it's obviously a process. You don't just wake up one morning and be like, these are the perfect systems for our home. This is what we're going to do, right? It's a lot of trial and error. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think a lot of times people get discouraged when they try one thing and it doesn't work. And so they're like, well, I guess systems aren't for me, or I guess routines aren't for me. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Hold up. Let's wait a minute. Let's figure this out. Let's tweak one thing. Let's, let's do this. Let's add five minutes to it. Let's whatever we need to do to make it work. And so um, I, I have learned about myself a lot of learning about myself. I've learned about myself that I need to wake up before my kids. Like I need to be a functioning person before they get up because if not, I'm not a kind person and I'm very short tempered and very like, I just, it sets me off for the whole day. Right. And so realizing how much sleep I need and then, um, realizing what time I need to wake up to like get people on the bus and, you know, all the things that have to happen then have this like window of time that have carved out. And it's been very slow, like five minutes each week, trying to get to my ideal time of wake up. Right. And so once I've gotten there, it's still, we're still tweaking it a little bit, but, um, um, so in my morning routine, I love to read, um, I'm a person of faith. And so I like to read my Bible in the morning. I like to journal. And then this year I'm, I've built in the habit of reading a chapter in a book and writing the letter. And so how I am feel I'm successful with this is having all of that right in my little spot where I wake up in the morning. So I get my coffee and we have our coffee made the night before, which we'll talk about in just a second, but get my coffee, go sit down, grab my stuff and put it in my lap and work my way through. Mm -hmm. And that little hour of time to myself has been so life-giving and it makes me want to go to bed early so that I can wake up early. And so when I'm in bed in the morning, debating whether or not I should hit snooze or keep going, um, like, or keep sleeping. No, those are the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> keep going in the sleeping. <laughs> I like sit there and I'm like, Laura, you've got to get up. And I like that talk myself to get up because I know how important it is to the rest of my day. Right. Um, so to kind of set my morning up for success though, I have to, on the back end, set my evening up for success. And so what that looks like is we have, we start at five o'clock in our home and we have five o'clock jobs. And that has been so life-giving because what happens during that time is I go into the kitchen and I start making dinner, which helps me because I forget to make dinner for my people. Sometimes I'll be like seven 30. I'm like, it's bedtime. Like, I haven't eaten dinner yet. I'm like, oh gosh, well, I just forgot about it. You know, like we'll just be playing or swimming or whatever we're doing. And it's like, oh yeah, you can eat. So that helps me get in there and start cooking. Up. Also at that time, every kid has three jobs that they're in charge of. They're in charge for getting ready for the next day. And so they have to lay out their clothes and make their lunch, make sure their shoes and their glasses and socks and all the things are in their little cubby. So this is especially true for our, our special buddies. Like 
our bigger ones can get dressed themselves, obviously, but our, our little ones need that, that help being set up for success. Mm-hmm. So they do that. And then they help with one thing for dinner time. And so that's either setting the table or helping serve plates or whatever their specific job is. And then finally, they each have the zone that they're in charge of. So picking up socks around the house could be one or picking up the living room, like having it be a space or a thing, just so that it's very specific. So each child knows exactly what they're doing. Um, This really helps them be set up for success. And then in this, when everybody's done their jobs, I get dinner on the table. They go take baths, pajamas, whatever. But then when I go to bed at night, the house is already picked up because they've already done their jobs, right? And so I'm going to bed with a, I mean, it's not clean. Like we didn't like scrub the floors or anything, but it's picked up. And so when I wake up, I'm not tripping over stuff. The coffee's made, like all the things that need to happen for me to have a successful morning have already happened. And so it's really just this kind of bookends on the day that I really, those are my number one. I'm like, we got to figure this out for people because getting set up for the morning and then having a successful morning where you're not running around screaming at people and yelling at people before they <laughs> get on the bus, like their first experience with you in the morning, in my opinion, should not be one of like, what? but should be a calm, peaceful experience, right? And it's not always like that. I don't have angel children, but you stretch the imagination, like there's tantrums and fits and all the things, right? But for the most part, we're set up for success in that area. And that's so amazing and life-giving. Oh my gosh. It's, I'm I'm just learning so much. I love that like like you said the morning and the evening routines are so critical and i will share when you talk about your morning routine for you it's journaling it's writing for me it's moving my body and at the advice of a health coach i did something very similar to you i set up a space in my closet where i can work out stretch whatever i need to do for that day so and i okay i started getting up earlier before casey was up before my kids were up and I, re- I removed all the barriers to getting started with my little workout. I don't work out for long, but it is enough to move my body and to feel like I've done something. And it is, it is life-changing in terms of my perspective on the day and my approach. It, it's been just the number one thing that has changed my mood almost, honestly, not just my body, yeah. but my mood. And I think having that set up for success in the morning, whether it is through journaling or moving your body or just sitting and meditating, you know, whatever it is that we can start our day like that. Oh my gosh. It's just, it's, it really is. It really can change your life (laughs) as for me. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that you've moved it to the evening too. You backtracked and you've, um, given all of them jobs. And I mean, what a way to set them up for success too later on so that when they are older and potentially on their own, they, they have those skills in place. I just, and they've witnessed you doing what you need. I just, I think that's just so fantastic. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's the hope is that they would leave our house being good roommates to whoever they. Yeah. Good roommates. Right. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Good roommates. Awesome. Okay. So tell us a little bit about how you came to develop your program, Mamas. And you kind of mentioned this, but how, how does it help other moms and kind of what specific issues might it help solve for other moms? I think so many of us as mamas just live in very reactionary states of being, right? Like our whole life is just 
responding from one thing to the next. I think especially as special needs mamas, like it's even more so. Um, and so I think when I'm working with a mama and I get to help her just sit and process, like, what do you want this to look like? What, what would be a good thing for you and your family? Like if you could just wave a magic wand, what would happen? And what, how would that change you? Like, would you be freer? Would you have more time? Would you like, what is our goal? Right. And what comes out of that is our values, right? Absolutely. Yeah. More time to spend with my kids. And so this would be less chaotic because I, then this would be free. Right. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. um, so then I'm like, well, let's figure out how to make that happen. And so then we just kind of work on clearing up a lot of the space in life. Like, how can we do that? We can automate, we can delegate and we can eliminate. And so eliminating whatever we don't need in our life. I know that so many of us just do things just to do things. Like we just volunteer for the PTA because that's what we're supposed to do. And you know, we have our kids and five soccer teams because that's what we're supposed to do. And we're just running ourselves ragged. And so we don't have the space to even begin to be intentional, like to even think about what that could look like. And so that's what I get to help moms do. Let's kind of slow down for a minute. Let's get some of this off your plate. You don't need to be doing it all. I mean, you don't need to be doing it all. And that's mm -hmm. so freeing. And so how can we delegate those things? So we get systems in place for those things. And then on the back end, like how can we be intentional with the things that you want to have time for? Mm -hmm. and so often that's just setting really small goals. And once we get there, then we add a little bit more or, or not, we just mm -hmm. keep it simple. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, the freedom and the, the time that's saved for people to then be intentional with their family and to be able to spend time with their kids and for them to be able to enjoy their kids and for moms to do things that they love, like write or paint or I, you name it. Like I, I have so many moms that have these creative outlets that they want to be pursuing and they don't have time to do They that. don't have time. Yeah. We're able to like clear up that space so that they can have time to do things that bring them life. So I think that's really important. As special needs mamas, like just the mayor. I mean, it's important for all moms, but I think especially for us, it's just like, Hey, we have this huge marathon for the rest of our lives. Yep. We got to take care of ourselves. Absolutely. That self-care. Yes. And I love that you said automate, delegate, and eliminate. I think that's like how you've called that down. That's so helpful to think of it like that. And, and then the other point I wanted to make too, you talk about like, oh, you know, let's sign our kid up for five soccer teams because that's what society, you know, our, our culture is telling us to do. Right. And we have to stop and take stock of what is, what are our, our values and what does our family need? And, we have to stop letting those pressures get to us, right? And I think that your, it sounds like your program really helps us look into that, right? And look inside and look inside our own families. I just love that, yeah, awesome. All right, so um, what tips would you give a new mom that is maybe feeling overwhelmed right now? Like what would be something that you would, um, you know, give her to kind of keep on going <laughs> yeah like a brand new mom maybe a brand new mom or one that's just really been struggling for a while or maybe they're trying to figure out their diagnosis you know maybe they haven't kind of determined what's next yet you know and what steps they have to take or or they're a new mom and they are just like overwhelmed with systems overwhelmed with you know the daily and they're trying to get through the day they're trying to get their kids to bed and they're surviving. What, what, what would be something that you might want to tell them just starting off the bat? You love to ask for clarification. And my answer would be the same all around, <laughs> but it's okay to ask for help is my, my go-to. I think that we, 
all are stuck in that mindset of we have to do everything. Like I hear often from moms, I should be able to do this. I should, I'm just a stay-at-home mom. I should be able to keep the house clean. I should be able to make these meals. I should. And oh my goodness, it's okay that you can't. Like for whatever reason during this season, it's okay that you can't. Period. Like that's it. Yeah. And it's okay yeah. to ask for help in that. So if that means hiring a housekeeper or if that means switching off with another mom just so you get a break, mm-hmm. having mothers or in-laws come over to watch kids, signing them up for Mother's Day out so you can get that time to be able to do some things that need to be done. Like all of those things are okay. Yeah. Yeah. That word should, man, it is it is tough on moms, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that word should. It's always in the back of our minds and we have to release that word <laughs> and and let it go. Yeah. And I always say too, and I have, you know, people like as a professional organizer, I have people to say, oh, I would never let you into my house or, you know, I don't want you to see. And I could never have someone come over and help me. And it's like, well, wait a second. Like you, you know, I go and get my hair. I, I go and get the grays out of my hair because I don't know how to do that. And I'm okay with asking for that kind of help, right? I'm okay going to the dentist because I don't know how to get my teeth fully cleaned or, or get rid of a cavity. And it's the same thing in asking for help in structuring our day or helping with our house, like getting our house cleaned or things like that. It is perfectly okay to ask for that kind of help if that's what we need. And like, I've had to hire a health coach because that's where I needed help with nutrition, you know, and that's not a strength of mine. So I needed to learn. I needed some guidance. I needed some accountability and it's okay to ask for those things. So I think that's awesome. All right. Well, wrapping up. So where, before I ask my last question, where can our listeners find you? Um, at mamasystems.net is my website and then on Instagram at mamasystems. And I also have a lovely little self-care guide that I'd love to share with you and your mamas. And it just kind of walks you through the process of figuring out what you need because what I need is not what you need, right? We're all different. Right. And so me telling you to go get a pedicure and a massage every week is not necessarily helpful, right? Because that wouldn't actually fill me up either, <laughs> doesn't matter. Um, me telling you that would not be helpful. So we figure out what you need as a person on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis. And then we create a plan to make that happen. And then from that plan, we ask for help. And so it kind of walks you through how to ask for help in those ways. And so, um, I would love to just share that with your mama so that they can make sure that they're taking care of themselves. Absolutely. Yes. And we'll put all that in the show notes so that they can access that. Right. Is that like on a website that they can pull off of download? It is. Okay, perfect. Yeah. We'll add all of that to the show notes so that they can access that. That's awesome. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Last question I'd like to ask real quick. What is it that you are trying to reclaim these days? At the moment, all I can think is sleep. And I know that I have <laughs> and a better that is an that. a very so acceptable <laughs> answer. That is a very acceptable answer. <laughs> it can be anything. Yes. Sleep is is critical. <laughs> so if you are not getting sleep, that's what you need to reclaim right now. Yes. No, I was hoping to have a more profound answer, but I, I kind no, of no. some, I mean, and like I said, I've because of all this medicine I've been on, I've had some nights of insomnia lately. And I, just those next days are just oh they're just yeah hard yeah they're really hard yeah they're really hard and I only have one and two fur babies so yeah um so I I feel for you well thank you so much Laura this was so helpful 
so, so helpful. I just, I, I appreciate you so much. And I just have enjoyed talking with you for, this is a couple times now. So I always enjoy talking to you. One of these days we're going to have to meet in person here. So since we're not far That'd from each so other. Fun. Yes. Thank you, Laura. I really appreciate it. Thank you.